2: That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: It's time to play like a jet
2: with your host Scott
3: Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Mackay Beckton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Mackay Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you.
1: Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick right pass to Crowder, trying to get him out of space. Slows a tackle, and there he goes! Crowder! It's a foot race, and Crowder is in there! A 69-yard touchdown. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time is end zone, it's caught, incredible
3: play by Donald. he'll hit immediately, he got the handoff, you know and it's the q oh my gosh, listen, thank you.
0: From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And Robert Sala is the new head coach of the New York Jets. We talked about it with Annie Vasquez of NorthJersey.com yesterday, but I really want to get more of the details. So for that, I go to the man who is plugged in like a lamp into your outlet in the wall, Mr. Nick Spano, the CEO of u Stadium. Nick, you texted me about ten minutes before Josina Anderson reported this. She tweeted it out. Tell me about how you found out and what the day was like leading up to that.
4: Yeah, so it was you know kind of a whirlwind. Whirlwind. You know, we all were pretty pissed when you know we found out he was leaving, and um, I think what was that like? Was it was a Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't even lost track of days, but I think it was Wednesday. And mm-hmm. um, you know, because we're also conditioned to the old ways of the interview process, right. And even the free agency process, it's it's very similar. Like, you know, if you identify your number one guy and and we were told Sala was the number one guy from the, the first, you know, the zoom interviews they did. And um, I think we were all kind of surprised that it was leaning that way. I think we all were under the, you know, idea of him and Detroit. were kind of like an arranged marriage kind of thing. You know, once the season ended, it just seemed like that was trending that way. Um, so I think for the most part, like <clears throat> Jet fans had Salah pretty much off of their radar, not because they didn't want him, but because they felt like they didn't have a shot to get him. So um, but then when you heard he was interviewing and then you heard that the Lions weren't as, uh, you know, locked into him as we thought, you were like, wow, like this guy is pretty much <laughs> to a T what Joe Douglas was talking about when they want what they were looking for in a coach. Um And, you know, lo and behold, through the interview process, it turned out that that was the case. You know, they really hit it off from the first uh, interview. They went through their entire process. Douglas is a very meticulous guy. Like, he was going to do the process the way he set out to do it. You know, so he wasn't going to jump to any kind of, you know, oh, first interview, I'm going to get this guy. You know, no, he wanted to go through the process. They identified Sala and Arthur Smith as the uh, two leading guys they wanted to bring in. I think we all thought, they were going to bring in some more guys. I, I, I heard that um, Joe Brady, Marvin Lewis, uh, and Brian Dayball were three of the other guys who were rumored to you know, come in for a second interview, but obviously that kind of never materialized. I wonder if that's because they really did, you know, really just identify Salah as the guy they wanted um, so that they were just saying, Hey, Salah and Arthur Smith is the, you know, the backup in case, you know, Salah thing fell through or he, he went somewhere cause the Eagles interest was serious. Like they, they wanted Salah, I guess they were in the same boat. They, they saw, Hey, this is the guy, this is the guy that we didn't think was going to be available. This is the guy we move on from Peterson for. So they wanted, you know, they wanted to do what the jets wanted to do on, on that you know second interview is get this guy under contract right away. Um, Salah let them know, Hey, I'm going to go through the process just like Smith did. Um, so the Jets were, you know, obviously very interested. And it turns out Salah was very interested in them. Um, and then it, it came to basically they were, you know, we, you know, they met with Arthur Smith. And then I didn't really kind of get a response back from, you know, the guy that I've been speaking with all day yesterday, I think it was, um, until kind of like later in the afternoon. I was like, what's up? It's been, you know, pretty quiet. He's like, yeah, zeroing in on our, on our guy is is all I heard. So I was like, oh, shit. I hope it's not Arthur Smith. (laughs) This was only a few hours after the Smith interview. So I think, you know, we were all excited for Sala. And then Smith, you know, you're like, oh, man, I I just don't get that CEO leader vibe from. So I was like, I don't see it. Like, am I missing something? Like, yes, he's, you know, his system led by Derrick Henry, obviously, you know, made Tannehill look like a solid quarterback, you know, so there's some things to like. But you just don't feel that presence that you know the Jets were rumored to be looking after so Arthur Smith would have been a definite um disappointment I don't think I'm alone in that I know we spoke about you know that as well so I was like oh man you know so through, through the late afternoon I was like I get the vibe something could be done tomorrow meaning today you know what's today Friday um so I'd expect yeah, all right whatever they're gonna go through the night you know Salah's gonna interview in LA make his decision <clears throat> make his decision then so I figured we're cool for tonight. Like I don't think anything's going to go down. Um, Then I heard Atlanta really wants Arthur Smith and it seems like that's getting done. It just seems like that's going to be the first one to fall. Like he might be the one to take that interview this this morning in Detroit and make his decision up, you know, in the next few hours today on Friday. And then you'll hear, all right, Smith to Atlanta. Uh, You know, it just seems like Dayball to the chargers is kind of like set in stone. Um, and then that leaves Sala. you know, you're just kind of waiting, hoping that Detroit kind of didn't make that last run at him. Um, but you know, from, you know, what I heard, it was like, you know, the solid Jets thing looks pretty good. Um, but it was just kind of the time frame when I got that text about zeroing in on the guy was made me a little bit nervous because I was just doing the, t- you know, I was just kind of doing the time frame through my head and it was like, this could be Arthur Smith. But then, You know, then you hear Arthur Smith on Atlanta looks really good. And then a few hours later, probably like around 10 last night, and I was like, you know, I sent the dot, dot, dot kind of text. It's Salah. It sent that
0: same text to you, right? Yep. You sent the text that just said, got Salah. And so I texted you back frantically, (laughs) like, what's going on? They got him. And you said, Yeah. And I said, when is it going to break? And you said soon, and soon meant about 10 minutes later because that's when Josina Anderson tweeted it out. But I think this was a hell of a whirlwind. Nick, I got to ask you, though, because as you said, this seemed to be a different type of search than normal, not just for the Jets, Mm -hmm. but for everybody Talk to me about the league-wide situation here. Is this just because the Zoom calls and everything with the pandemic and now some of these guys can't even come in for in-person interviews because their teams are in the playoffs? Is that what drove this to be different than normal? Because in the past, we both know that the edict is typically if your guy leaves the building, he could be gone. He could Mm -hmm. be out of the picture. But even though fans felt dejected after this, the Jets didn't, and other teams didn't because Arthur Smith interviewed with the Falcons, but then he went elsewhere, and the same thing with Robert Sala. So it seems like teams are approaching this very differently this year.
4: Yeah, and that's exactly what you know we heard you know from the from somebody who's actually representing a, co- a coaching candidate, not Sala, not Sala, as a different um, someone who hasn't been hired. Um, is it, basically that is they're going through this process without any of that like jumping to conclusions like the Jets and Sala were obviously interested in each other they spent the longest together it went from seven o'clock on Wednesday night stayed over into the morning until late into the early afternoon you know and then you heard like you know we finished the interview around like 3 p.m and you're like wow that was a long time if he left it means there was some kind of squabble with a contract right I heard that wasn't at all the case they both left like pretty much feeling something was going to get done, but he just wanted to feel out other, you know, opportunities, just, just to not jump into anything too early without, you know, it, it's also, you want to do right by, you know, agents want to do, you know, cause the agents really run these things, right. You know, so it's the agents want their guy to at least do right by this team. They have a good relationship with and, um, you know, that just <clears throat> that's the way the kind of the game goes, but, it just seems like they treated this process as what it was, you know, we're going to take every possible interview, see who's offering what, obviously it's a different time in the world, not just the sporting world, but um, so you're, you can't really get a good feel. I mean, we, we are also familiar with zoom and, you know, all these other online virtual, you know, m- meetings and whatnot now, but you can't get a good feel for a guy who you're, to basically hand the keys over to, and you know, Joe, Joe Douglas knows. You know, I might, I might only get one shot. in every GM, you know, I'm only get one shot unless you're Howie Roseman, you get three. But um <laughs> I might only get one, shot, one shot at hiring a guy. So this, I can't, I can't go based off of a two-hour Zoom meeting and then meeting somebody in person for once. You know, they got to go through the process here, and it just seems like they got him in, in, you know, at Lauren Park, they met, they talked, they enjoyed, you know, he, he pitched them on his, you know, vision for the team and vice versa. And it um, seemed to line up. And I, I'm not surprised at that at all. I mean, Douglas, you know, to his credit seems like a guy who's very easy to work with. He wanted a guy who he could work with and trust. And it seems like solid Douglas's um, visions kind of line up. So I think they just basically hit it off. But I, you know, you got the feeling Arthur Smith was doing the same thing. I was gonna meet with everybody. I don't wanna jump on one job and then, you know, maybe I have a different structure somewhere else that's better for me. So it, it was really just the the process of this kind of hiring cycle was so different that when we saw, you know, we were conditioned again to think like he came and he left, we're not getting him, we saw visions of, you know, Matt Rule and Cliff Kingsbury, but it was a totally different, you know, scenario. He Kingsbury was He had one goal in mind. It was Kyler Murray. It was a one-track mind. I want this guy to be my quarterback. Came in, you know, maybe didn't like the idea of what the Jets were up to. Had a plane ready for him to Arizona to sign. The Eagles, I don't know if they were ready to sign him on the spot because it was only the first time they were meeting with him. So um, I think it was just a different – it's just a different time in in the world than it was a few years ago. But, you know, we thought as Jet fans, worst possible outcome is this guy's gone.
0: Yeah, Nick, I was going to ask you because you talked about the fact that they seemed to be on the same page, but they wanted to feel each other out a little bit more. Is that more or less what happened here, that the two sides were pretty close, they liked each other, but it was a situation where Robert Sala said, hey, I've got other interviews, and Joe Douglas said, I do too. Okay, let's finish this yeah. process, and then we'll meet back and see where we're at.
4: Yeah, I think that's, exact- yeah, I think that's exactly what happened. I don't think it's something where – Um, You know, Sala was like, Hey, I'm I'm just going to go take this Eagles interview if you don't mind. You know, it wasn't something where he was (laughs) kind of just using, you know, people thought, Oh, leverage, they're using the Jets to drive up price, blah, blah, blah. I I didn't get that, you know, vibe at all talking to, um, you know, the guy we know. It was just, This is what we're doing. This is what you're doing. Go take the interview. Just don't take a job kind of thing before you kind of give us a call back. Um, Because I think they both got the, idea you know on Tuesday when they met was like all right we want this thing to happen like you know even Peter Schrager said he texted with Sala after the interview and Sala said i want that Jets job um so it seemed like it went really well they both were just kind of kind of go ahead with their process the Jets wanted to at least talk with Arthur Smith um Smith is taking all the other interviews and Sala you know he didn't take the Chargers uh you know second interview he kind of just you know unless he went there Spoke briefly and then basically the jets called because they didn't call him at 10 o'clock and tell him hey we're taking the job this was you know a few hours earlier um when the text was like zeroing in was later in the afternoon probably around five or six last night um so i guess maybe uh on the the flight over there he just kind of gave it a second thought and said hey i'm just i'm 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 ready to take the the jet job so um it it worked out (laughs) obviously
0: so it sounds like the backup plan was either Arthur Smith, or if they couldn't land mm-hmm. him, then they were going to dip their feet back into the rest of the pool. Were Dable, Staley, Aaron Glenn, and Eric Bienemy hurt at all by the fact that nobody could close on them until their teams are eliminated from the playoffs? Yeah, I think I think
4: so, and I think personally, like I think that needs to change this entire process because it, it, why should someone like Dable and Bienem and um? You know, those two guys stick out specifically. Um, why should they be punished for doing a great job, right? It's not like Solid didn't. The team just had so many injuries, but why should they be essentially punished for doing a great job and being a great, ca- you know, a good candidate, you know? So it's, they need to look into that. Um, I'm sure they were, but yeah, I think so for sure. I think, you know, especially in Dayball's case, Um, I know the Jets liked him a lot and they wanted to set up. I don't think they were interested in doing any kind of second Zoom things. You know, I think the second time they wanted to meet with somebody was, you know, in person to feel them out. So um, I think Dayball was absolutely uh, hamstrung by by this, you know, process that that the the NFL runs now. But um, in the enemy's case, I, I heard that again, it didn't really go well for him with the Jets. He was never really, Um, you know, they were never really interested in bringing him back for a second interview. I thought I heard Marvin Lewis was a really good interview and there was some real interest there. Um, but the enemy again, I don't know why (laughs) it's just kind of like the question that comes up all the time. Um, but heard that didn't go great as it didn't a few years ago. Um, so I'm not sure, I'm sure in other places, you know, even though you did, you do here what it wasn't great elsewhere. Um, but, you know, Dayball, I think, you know, if, like you said, if Salah would have ended up somewhere else and then, you know, Arthur Smith lands in Atlanta where mostly mostly everybody thinks he does, I think it would have been a Jets-Chargers, you know, frantic push for Dayball, um, and they would have waited it out. But I think the Jets were like, hey, let's let's get our guy. Like, we know it's Salah. He wants us. let us. Let's be aggressive. And I give the Jets credit for that. They went out and – I don't even consider the the Jaguars and Urban Meyer, you know, the first hire because it was just laid up. It was just going to happen, you know? So there was, they didn't really interview anybody else seriously. And everybody who kind of took an interview was like, they're hiring Urban Meyer. What are we doing? You know? So there was no real kind of second interest or backup plan there. Um, so the Jets went out and they got the top, you know, coordinator or, Uh, top coach on the market and they were aggressive and, you know, they identified their guy instead of, all right, let's be somebody's backup plan, you know? So it was definitely that's, you know, if you take any, obviously everybody for the most part loves Salah, but another thing to be excited about is the Jets actually went out and got their number one guy and their number one guy turned out to be, you know, number one on his list too. So it was, uh, it's good news on, on that front.
0: Nick, what was it that they really liked most about Salah from what you understand? Obviously, we know what his reputation is, and we have a pretty good idea of what these guys are like. (laughs) I did an exhaustive series on all of them, so hopefully if you didn't get a chance to listen to the Robert Salah one, you'll go back and check that out. And I recommend listening to all the rest of them if you haven't, just so you can get a feel for whether or not you think the Jets made the right decision. But why Robert Salah? I think at the end of the day, they were just comfortable with the fact that he's comfortable with himself.
4: Like obviously, the leadership and the CEO role is like, you know, that's that's who Salah, you know, at least portrays himself as. Like you see it on the field, you see it when players speak about him. But I think what made the Jets comfortable was if, if Salah is comfortable in his own skin and he's able to be himself and be real. And players gravitate towards that. They get it. They know he's real. They know he's not full of shit. Like, you look at an Adam Gates, you know, I, I hate to go back to him, but it's the exact opposite. He was so, <clears throat> you know, worried about his, how he looked, and he was so um, thin-skinned and uncomfortable. So, and, 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 and people realized that when they talked with him. Not just players, the media, <clears throat> you know, front office, people around the league. He was just insecure. It was insecurity. With Salah, it's like, this guy is – you know, kind of born to lead. Um, people realize this guy is truly who he is. There's nothing, you know, there's no two There's nothing hidden behind the scenes. Like I think at the end of the day, when you sit with somebody like that and, and you, you know, when you meet people like that in normal life, it's like, you just get a good vibe from a person like that. And I think that's what really shined through. And that's why after the first interview cycle, when they went through um, virtually, it's like, all right, you, there's, there's some comfortability with a guy like that. You know, he's not forcing anything. He's not pretending. He's not trying to be somebody who's not. Then when you get this guy in person and it's more of a um, proper, you know, more buttoned up thing, and that still shines through, then you know this guy is real and you know, you know, there's something to his personality. And you just, you know, it just worked out that this is what the Jets are looking for right now. And it's similar to McDermott and Flores. So, like, that's what it reminds me of, the higher. Like, defensive background, but this guy is going to um, galvanize the team. These guys want to play for him. Not that they're going to, you know, dick around and take advantage of him. I don't get that vibe at all. Um, Spoke to Richard Sherman. He told us, like, that's not at all what this guy is. Um, And I think he's going to be able to coach the entire team. He's not just focused on the defense. I don't even know if he's going to call the defensive calls during the game. I mean, that's something, you know, we'll find out in a few months. But uh, it just seems like he's a coach – for all 53, not just the 11 guys on defense, but um, I think it's just that comfortability with him being who he truly is.
2: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
1: 18 plus. Play like a Jet. Play
0: like a Jet. Nick, what are you hearing about the staff? Everybody seems to believe that Mike LaFleur is going to be the offensive coordinator. He is the passing game coordinator for Shanahan in San Francisco. Any other names that you're hearing A couple of names that have been floated my way From Javi Vega who I spoke to When he came on to talk about Robert Sala were D'Amico Ryan's the linebackers coach And Chris Richard Who Robert Sala worked under in Seattle And he is available He was in the running for that Raiders job It went to the other guy Whose name had been floated Gus Bradley Who was one of the mentors mm-hmm. That Robert Sala worked under First in Seattle and then in Jacksonville What are you hearing right now?
4: Yeah. I mean, for a week, you know, a few weeks ago, well, not weeks ago, the week ago I heard um, D'Amico Ryan's name as well. Um, now I wonder if it's just a matter of, is he going to stay and be the defensive coordinator in San Fran and kind of run the defense, or is he going to come here and kind of be the voice to the play to the players under Sala? So I guess it's really, you know, I, I think Rappaport reported D'Amico Ryan's is a, you know, the, the favorite to get the you know, Niners DC, uh, DC job. So, I'm not sure if anything was official there. I don't believe so yet. Um, Chris Richard is interesting. I think that would be an awesome hire. Uh, Very well respected. Took the year off. I guess he didn't like the Mike Nolan situation in Dallas. I don't know who did. um, (laughs) So I think he's ready to to get back to coaching. Uh, I'm not sure if he'll go like the veteran uh, Wade Phillips route or anything like that. He'll probably want to have somebody who he's comfortable with, especially if he's not calling the defensive plays. Um, he's gonna want to. He's gonna want somebody he's got a history with, who understands, uh, who he trusts, can get those plays out, and can just be the voice of the defense. So, uh, I think those are some good names on the defensive side of the ball. Those would be two two great hires, Ryan's or uh, Rashard. Um, <clears throat> the Niners linebacker coach I heard is they're very close to as well, and um, his name's slipping my mind right now. But um, on the offensive side of the ball, it definitely looks like. You know Lafleur is a guy, and that's something I'm very excited about. I think that's a a great move, and obviously they're they're very close, so um, got to be excited about that. I wonder if Grant Boyer sticks around. I mean, he stuck around through you know three coaching you know this would be the third uh, coaching staff. So uh, for all for all that we hear, he's well liked in the building, not just by you know ownership, but Douglas too. So. Um, I wonder if he'll stick around. That that'll be some that would be something I would do. There's no reason to change up anything there. I think he's done well with a very limited cast. Hopefully, they can get him a legit, you know, kicker this year. Um, and I think he's done some good work with with uh, Mann. Man. So I would hope they would keep him around. But um, yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting. I'm more focused really on the offensive side of the ball. I'm sure he's going to be able to bring his own guys in on defense. Um, I wonder who. He'll get in terms of, you know, like a running back coach or you know wide receivers. Who's going to be, you know, coaching there? Because is it going to be Lafleur's guys or um, it seems like he was kind of well entrenched with most of the coaching staff. He wasn't just here, you know. I stick on the defensive side of the ball. You know, him and Lafleur have a good relationship with most of the coaches there. Um, so I think all those names are pretty much what we're all hearing. I haven't heard too much to be honest. It was really just. Well, you hired a defensive coach, who's the offensive court? you know, who's the offensive guy that's coming and it's pretty much set in stone that it will be LaFleur.
0: Let's talk about the player aspect of this. Quinton Williams seems to be very excited, and you can see Mm -hmm. why if you watch the San Francisco 49ers defense. He tweeted out, yes, sir, in all caps. You spoke to (laughs) Richard Sherman, so I'd like you to tell us what Richard Sherman told you. And then, of course, there's the Sam Darnold dilemma. Adam Schefter scared a lot of Jets fans by saying right after the news broke that he believes this means that Sam Darnold will be the starting quarterback for the Jets in 2021. Do you have any intel on that? To me, it seems a little premature. I would imagine that Salah, LaFleur, and the rest of the staff would want to sit down and go over their options, look at tapes, so on and so forth, before they commit to doing anything at quarterback or anywhere else. But that is something that has to weigh in the back of everybody's minds right now. And then, of course, you've got some guys in San Francisco who are going to be available, notably Kerry Hyder, who at one point was on the mm-hmm. Jets' practice squad, would be a great fit in Sala's defense, was fantastic for him there. He wouldn't shut up about Kerry Hyder all offseason, said he was going to have a (laughs) breakthrough year, and then he did. So you got to give Salah a lot of credit for that. And from what I understand, Hyder loves him. Jaquiski Tart, who would be a perfect fit in this defense To take over the vacancy that we assume is going to be left by Bradley McDougal, Because, let's be honest, Bradley McDougald was a complete bust here Then he got hurt, so there's no way he's coming back Especially as a potential fallback option if Marcus May goes Or if they don't believe Ashton Davis mm. is ready to step in as a starter So, a bunch of player options there Talk to me about that, talk to me about Darnold And tell me about what Richard Sherman told you about Robert Sawa
4: Yeah, well, on the first, I'll I'll hit Darnold because I'm sure that's what most people are, you know, you get the coach and you automatically say, well, who's going to play quarterback? What is LaFleur going to do? I think you hear anything now, literally hours after you hire the head coach, I think it's all hearsay. Don't, you know, take anything. And I know it's Schefter and I know he's the most plugged in guy in the sport. So, you know, you do give him a little bit more – you know, when you hear him, you kind of take his word for it. But I think it's just even the way he worded it, he didn't say out uh, of Sam Darnold will be He's like, I would be surprised if he wasn't. So it's just it's so it's so early for something like that. Like you said, like they've only met for probably 10 hours combined, you know, in the past, you know, Douglas and Sala never met each other before uh, the first interview. Um, yeah, of course he laid out, like we spoke about this er- on an earlier podcast, like that's going to be question number one. Well, what are you going to do with the quarterback to have a final decision and to make such a rash, rash decision on keeping a guy like Sam Darnold this early? It's just, it doesn't add up to me. I think it was just more of a, he played in that system in his rookie year, similar system. He had most of his success in that system. <clears throat> he could, you know, he, he was in some similar in college. He's familiar with it. Um, I don't maybe because field didn't have a great championship game. You know, everybody was kind of hoping he would back it up against Alabama and he didn't. Um, To me personally, I think Zach Wilson is cut out. You know, when I watched Wilson at BYU, I was like, if you put this guy in Shanahan's offense, you might be talking about someone who might go toe to toe with a Trevor Lawrence, Like that's how good he could be in this offense. Um, And then, you know, fast forward, and, and basically you're bringing you know Shanahan to to New York now, and the Jets are sitting with the second pick. Plus, Field didn't look great. I think it. I think that's the way to go personally. In terms of Darnold, I just think anything you hear right now is just way too early. I I wouldn't buy into it yet. Um, and who knows what, what what you're feeding? I mean, everybody was like, oh, it's the same way. Then you know like what they said about Josh Rosen being the guy in arizona you can't believe anything right now it's just we have so much time we didn't, haven't even gone through i mean he hasn't even hired a staff he hasn't even you know he hasn't even sat down and started looking at film of, of these upcoming guys yet i'm sure solid didn't do much research on the quarterback position in, in college yet um and the jet scouting department has been going through tape for, since last may they're not going to just throw Sam Darnold's name right now and say, yeah, he's coming back. So I just think it's so early. I think it's a lot of, you know, kind of putting two and two together between the system fit, uh, the Jets roster not being very talented. You think you can get, you know, a guy like Finney Sewell or Jamar Chase or Devonta Smith there, or now it's like, oh, you got a defensive coach. Is he going to get Micah Parsons? Is he going to get a Patrick Sertain? You know, so I think it's just a lot of guessing. Um, so I definitely would not <laughs> buy into what was said there. Um, in terms of Sherman, I mean, he, you know, basically just gushed about Salah. Um, so he's a great man. He's going to relate to his players. He's flexible, able to kind of, you know, find someone's strengths and his weaknesses and maximize their talent. Um, the Jets got a really good, you know, good fit, a good person. Um, someone that is going to basically change the culture. I know everybody hates the term, but change the culture here and uh, bring like a winner's attitude. Um, and, you know, we've been very down the past decade. It's like, what's going to go wrong next? I think with a guy like Salah, it's like you kind of change that thought process really quick. It's like he brings a very positive energy to the team, um, and it's obviously desperately needed now. Um, so Sherman, I mean, I don't think you know. I know everybody's like, oh, Sherman's a free agent. Bring him. I don't think that's going to happen. Sherman's a West Coast guy. Um, on the final year or two of his career, probably he wants to go somewhere where he can compete for a championship next year. Loves it in San Francisco, but obviously Salah leaving, the the cap issues, so I'm not sure if he'll be back there, but he seems like a guy to me who's going to, you know, land somewhere with a team that's going to compete, so I I don't see him coming to play his last year or two. Even though he loves Salah, I don't see him coming to, you know, the Jets next year. I think a guy like Akilah Weatherspoon is more of a you know, of a, of an opportunity with the Jets. I think uh, I know Sala loves Ronald Blair. He's somebody who who they can bring into on, on the D line. Um, yeah, you mentioned like Kerry Hyder makes a ton of sense. I even think uh, my guy, I love him, Juice uh, Use Jack, the fullback. Mm-hmm. You know, to bring in someone who's familiar, you know, with the floor. I think we're we have to look at that too because you know you're talking about receivers. You're talking about different, you know, the tight ends. You're talking about different running backs. So I think there's like three or four Niners running backs. Or free agents, So, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, I'm sure LaFleur is going to bring somebody in too. So yeah, I think you hit on them. Jaquiski-Tarr makes a lot of sense. Again, not sure what they think of Marcus May. Is he going to be worth this big payday? Um, I did hear he's, he's going to be one of the surprise high-end free agents this year. I think that he's viewed pretty, you know, pretty well around the league. Um, as somebody who's uh, good leadership qualities, no drama, Plays it, you know. He's put the injuries beside him, um, and people just, you know, they like Marcus May a lot. So he might get a lot more than we think. And if that happens, you know, I don't think Douglas is going to be. You know, he'll, he'll let he'll let solid, you know, decide there. Um, so I'm not sure if he's as locked to come back to the Jets as we think. But um, I'm not saying he won't. But um, you know, there's there's options if they don't. If, if it gets if if the money gets too high, I don't think they're going to be paying Marcus May
0: upwards of like 14,
4: 15 million a year.
0: Nick Spano, CEO of U-Stadium, getting all the scoops. He's out scooping Josina Anderson. You didn't report (laughs) it before her, but I think you knew before she did because you texted me before it broke. So anybody that isn't on U-Stadium right now that's a Jets fan or just a football fan in general, you're really missing out on some awesome info. Nick's had some great stuff. If you want access to it, you've got to get the app, right?
4: Yeah. I mean, we post our – yeah, that's why a lot of the times we're a little bit more behind on, on the Twitter side is because we do focus really on getting the app and the breaking news out to our subscribers and fans. Um, so, you know, I think usually like a minute or two, the process really just goes, get the information, verify it, make sure it's legit, post it on the app, push it out to our users, and then we go to the social route. It usually just goes quick hit on Twitter, quick hit on Instagram. So um I know everybody likes to get the news first, so I would def- definitely recommend getting the app, following the teams that you're interested in. If it's just the Jets, that's fine. If it's all the teams, um, subscribe to that and turning the notifications on. And, you know, you'll be the first to kind of hear whatever we're here. It's not just breaking news. It's rumors. It's debates, topics, you know, discussing like, which is a defensive 49er free agents would you bring in? And, you know, we'll let kind of fans go crazy there and let their imaginations run. I mean, it's a, finally the first, besides for when Gase was fired, finally the first happy day in Jetland in a long time. So it was cool to see the entire fan base kind of come together. I haven't seen that in a while. Usually it's like there's two candidates and everybody's like, it's a 60, 40 split. You get like, you know, multiple people telling you why it wasn't a good hire, but I think everybody's, I would say it's kind of like a 90, 10 on this. I really haven't seen many people not happy about it.
0: Just to pound that point home, Nick, as we wrap up, I did a Twitter poll. I posted this last night. It now has about a thousand votes. Here's what the question was. The Jets hiring Robert Sala as their new head coach is good, bad, or somewhere in between? Somewhere in between, 3%. Bad, 1%, good, 96 mm-hmm. 96- wow. Percent so that tells wow. you where The fan base is at right now everybody Excited about Robert Sala And Nick Spano was the one Who had the information first so If you want more great info like that like I Said check out you stadium download the App if you haven't given us a five Star review on iTunes yet if you can go ahead And do that for us really appreciate it easy Way to help out the show if you like what we're doing Doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money But it goes a long way to help us out so if you can go ahead And do that for us we'd be quite grateful And For the latest and greatest in New York Jets' podcast you know where to go that's turn on the jets digital and turn on the jets.com it is
1: ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper
2: That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full With the 18 plus terms and conditions apply. website for details.
5: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.